what? You know what I got in my head right now? Game what? Because if I lose it all. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> The fucking Attack on Titan theme song, baby. Yeah. You, you didn't recognize it from just that one incredible lyric? That one incredible lyric that was just like in a totally different octave and register and like had none <laughs> of the sort of like vocal effects or like sort of tonal thing. Yeah. Slip and fall, I will never run away. <laughs> Griffin, it's, like, Griffin, it's like a doom metal song. You're singing it like it's by Bon Jovi. <laughs> by Bon Jovi? What does Bon Jovi sound like? You know, uh... It's my life. Yeah, it's my life. <laughs> that dude, that that's how they sing that part. All of a sudden, yeah. Bon Jovi comes out and he's like standing on the wall. I guess it's a little hair metally. That's true. Um, well, it's the first part's like hardcore. Yeah, the first part's like doom, and then, and then it's like we're gonna hop out to a little bit of like a sort of like a, a like a like a br the bridge to like a pop punk song yeah see i can always miss that part because the doom metal part makes me run through a wall then i have to walk back and so i don't always catch the back half of the, of the fucking theme song <laughs> hey listen that's a lot of walls yeah you live oh, in a cast is pissed <laughs> and so but is you Porky. do live in a giant house yeah well if you know it's this house my place uh kyle's house that i record at sometimes all of which have uh and I cause that, um, whatever. Other houses are quite sometimes, all of which have huge me shaped holes in them, like a cartoon. And they, and I refuse to pay for the repairs. I won't do nice. it. That's good. That's good that you somehow got that as part of your lease. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Mary Sheffield, it happened again. <laughs> quick, quick docs on my landlord. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, don't mind me. I'm, I'm just going to take all four of my new COVID tests right now. Mm. What, what is your roommate going to say? Because half of the, because you know it's four for the whole house. He'll be, he'll be probably, he'll be happy. He's just he'll, like I'm happy for you. Oh wait a second, hold on. He told me that he already ordered them, so he's hoarding them for me. Oh, uh oh. If I lose it all <laughs> for COVID tests, yeah, blowing this case wide open, dude. Uh, getting right to the bottom of it. Oh my goodness! Um, how do you feel it's about? So, it's so sad. Yeah, it's so Please. fucked. Um, here's a question: It is this? Uh, Pokemon Arceus is nine days away. Oh my god! How how do we feel about? All right, well that kind of answers my question. That makes me laugh so much. Are you ready for it's, it? It's good because we we need a we need a really fucking bad game to start the year off yeah we need something we need that trash dick we need we need something gross i'm really excited to see because it's sort of a a win-win for me right either the game is good i have fun and you have to like either do the thing you do or you say it's bad actually and, and die on that hill I don't know why I'm the crazy one here after all the games they've made recently. Well, no, or it's bad, which is what I kind of expect also, in which case we all get to laugh about it. Uh, there's just no world where it's not a pretty fun thing. I mean, I obviously, you know, my thing with, with art stuff, I hope I want everything to be good. Um, right. I'm always hoping for shit to be good. Uh, I'm not convinced this will be, although people like it's weird. The number of people who are like. I generally think are pretty smart about things that are posting about how stoked they are for this game. It's no, like, no, they're all wrong. They're all, they're all in the, they're in the matrix Lux, and we're, we're in a robot ship. Oh yeah. We're just a bunch of runners. <laughs> they're in tubes. They're um, in tubes. We're runners. If you have if you don't understand it, <sighs> go watch matrix reloaded. Check that one out. Only, only watch that one. Don't watch number one or four. Watch two and three. That's my advice. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the first one <laughs> and the fourth one are kind of gibberish. Don't don't make sense. The only ones but, that are any uh, good are the second and third ones where they have a big party, eat some cake, fight the Spaghetti Brothers and do a war. Yeah, yeah. Just another day at the Electric Daisy Carnival. Uh, so what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Arceus. Arceus. Jesus Christ. Um, Listen, I don't think anyone who like really respects themselves can publicly say that the Pokemon game is going to be good. I mean, we've seen the trailers. We've seen their past work. I liked and the, um, the, the Blair Witch trailer. 
okay, the Blair Witch trailer was interesting, but it's like, what about any of this footage is giving you Lux, an astute gamer, good vibes? I'll tell I'll tell you where I'm getting good vibes from. It's this, the fucking Pokemon Skinner box core gameplay loop, like serotonin addiction machine, is like effective and fun. The core gameplay loop of like catch things, make them fight, build a party. Like that's a fun thing. And I don't think you have to tweak the formula that much to make it feel somewhat fresh uh, and exciting. I like, mm-hmm. I do think there are many ways it can be fucked up and stupid. And I'm not denying that. That's obviously super possible. Well, well, I'll stop you right there on that point. I'm sour, souring on the formula Lux. I mean, it's like nostalgic, but you really are just face rolling when you play Pokemon. Like, like literally what you can do in Pokemon is play one character for the entire game and just have them one shot. Basically enemy, any enemy you fight. Well, we don't know or, what the difficulty curve in the game is. Well, they're all like that. Or you can rotate in elemental advantages and then grind them up a little bit and one shot every enemy that way. There really hasn't been any nuances or like additions to the to the fighting style to make it more interesting, more meaningful, more modern. Um, And it's just downright lazy. It was funny to me because they did do a thing that I really liked, which was the Gigavolution stuff in Sword and Shield. They made them big. They made them big, but that also made the fights like harder. And like you did have to like do some math to get through them a lot of times and like do some thinking. What? But then what? they made kind them like, like three plus two equals five. What kind of math are we talking about here? Like, <laughs> you know, like I got two guys who can do the damage I need here, but this guy does a lot of damage. and He's not going to die in one shot. So I got to calculate who I'm going to risk to get killed, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that said, in a very strange choice, that was put as like a side part of the game and not a core part of the game. Uh-huh. And I'm holding out some degree of hope because I'm going to get Arceus. I'm going to play it because A, we have to talk about it. B, everyone's going to be playing it. And, I, and you know, I just want to know what's going on. And I like Pokemon shit, whatever. So, um, so there's like also one thing I'll say about the formula. They have added a new thing to the formula for this game. And that is two, di- two different types of attacks. One is like strong attacks and one is like sassy attacks. And yeah. essentially like strong attacks like hit really hard, but then you have to wait a few turns to move. And then like sassy attacks, you get to like move multiple times. It's not sassy. I don't, I just don't know what the word was, but <laughs> <laughs> there's like a bunch. Of, it's all a bunch of people from uh, the real housewives. Um, <laughs> no, like this is what I'm saying is that like, so between like the gig evolution stuff and like stuff you're talking about, it seems like they're at least considering ways to make the fights more complicated than like one shot stuff, do the rotations. And so mm-hmm. I think there's a non-zero chance. Of, like if that gets plussed up, even if the open world looks and plays like shit, like at least you'll have like this, like collecting stuff. Things will actually be kind of challenging and they'll yeah. feel like it's pushing you. And I think if it does that, the game will probably end up being at worst, like pretty fun. Um, the thing is, I think it's very possible it fails at all of those things. And I think you're My, right to be skeptical, but I, I, I feel like it's going to add any new mechanic. It adds is going to be a terrible mechanic. Like for instance, have you seen this like dodgy, like boss battle thing you have to fight where you are just playing as the trainer and there's these big Pokemon that like run at you. And then you have to do this like horrible looking dodge and then just spam Pokeballs at them for like five minutes. It just, it, it looks like a mobile game. It looks so underdeveloped i have not uh, i have not seen this <laughs> it looks so bad every new mechanic just looks so trash and i'm conflicted lux because it's like on one end i love to see people be lazy it's so beautiful if you have a job where you get to be lazy at it you get some, you know, make a lot of money, have a good time. That's incredible that's <laughs> good for you i'm proud of you how was how was craig Um, (laughs) but you know, it's like, uh, obviously if I'm going to want more from Pokemon, then I'm very mad at these people. So I've conflicted feelings about it, but you look at these levels, Lux, the levels hurt my eyes. They hurt to look at. Yeah. But I mean, you know, my position on video game ads, they're bad and non-representative and they never tell anyone anything about anything. Uh, so like it might it may well look like shit and be hard to play. Who can say until we play it? But like I just don't like going off of ads because like they're like always so deeply non-representative of like the actual thing. And never like so many games had terrible ads ended up being good or good ads ended up being pure piss. 
Yeah. Like, it's just so... The only ads you can really trust are the ones you hear right here on Game Boy right. in well, about 30 minutes. Right, we're objective <laughs> and smart. Um, I, I, w- I wish we could have just dropped the commercial then, but we can't. Well, you, it's coming later. We could, but it would be very early in the episode. <laughs> uh, so, welcome to Game Boys, folks. I'm Griffin. And I... M <laughs> Wait, was there lag or was that just no, a really for long a second, pause? For a second, I was like, what's he? Do? Oh, right. Um, and I'm Lux, one of you, I'm Lux, your other host. And with us as always uh, is our incredible mega producer, ultimate hero, the protagonist of the podcast, producer Haley. Sing it, Haley. If I lose it all, slip and fall. <laughs> Um, he's a freak. He's a freak for the song. <laughs> I love this song. Um, so what's up, Lux? What's we up, have a gamers? few things. To, what's up, gamers? And most importantly, the elephant in the room. What's up, YouTube? <laughs> yeah. What's up, YouTube? What's up, Blizzard? What's up, Microsoft? I think what's that's what up? we got to talk about. What, someone. Okay. So friend of the show, Sam Brown and guest, the previous guest, Message me today being like, did you hear about the Microsoft news? And it's like, motherfucker, what, what do you think? It's like you do two things, which are play video games and read video game news on Twitter. That's all that you ever are doing. <laughs> it's like, what do you, you think? You told me you're going to be the one to tell me about this story? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, respect. Uh, thought that counts. But, you know, wow, what, what, what a merger. We have been bought. We've been bought by Microsoft. Yep. Uh, and then there also was this whole Activision thing. But primarily the the big purchase, uh, they bumped us. Out, oh, they rounded up. We got the sixty nine billion. We didn't. We didn't settle for sixty eight point seven. Yeah. No. We wanted six nine. Nice. Yeah. And we got it. Uh, but yeah, there's a. It's a big deal or not. Um, yeah. That's the thing I wanted to ask you about. That's what we're going to decide right now. Yeah, don't, like I, I'm waffling on this so hard. Yeah, because sometimes I think uh, this literally doesn't matter at all. And sometimes I think so this is going to change everything. Right. So before we sort of suss that very important question out, Lux, for those who maybe don't know all the details on exactly what just occurred, other than us just kind of reacting to it without setting it up, uh, Microsoft decided to buy Activision Blizzard in probably uh, the biggest game merger of all time, purchasing it for $68.7 billion and um, causing quite a stir in the industry. Um, now, for those who don't know, Activision Blizzard uh, already was a very big company. That yeah, it was a pretty big owned deal. Owned quite a lot. <laughs> um, and also was beset by a lot of issues over the last year. Uh, and many of their workers were have been engaged in like weeks long strikes. But Activision Blizzard, the owners of Call of Duty, Diablo, Overwatch, Warcraft and Ring, I mean, King, sorry, which is their mobile games division and actually probably one of, one of their biggest markets, actually. Who could um, it's a thing I've literally never heard of in my life right now. So they make uh, Candy Crush. Oh, shit. Um, so that's Candy Crush money, bitch. Uh, yeah. The, what's so crazy about mobile games is they are looked down upon, but they are the silent majority. Like they, they, they yep, truly they, are. Honestly, if I had to pick one majority, it would be mobile yeah, yeah. games. That's the silent majority <laughs> for me. Uh, th- what did you say last week? That was stupid. You, uh, we each get, we get one. I don't know. You accidentally said a slur on the stream because you mispronounced something, but I didn't call you out. I forgot what it was. Oh, really? Yeah, awesome. It was very well, funny. Well, well, thanks for doing it here. Yeah. Well, Hey, if you want to see it happen again, watch uh, twitch.tv slash gym room. So what was the slur? Oh, uh, it was you. Act, uh, for, oh, it was you it was, called it, it was crack. It was cracker. No, uh, it was cracker. You accidentally. Oh, <laughs> uh, we can cut this. But you accidentally called them <laughs> in or Discord made me say it. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fucked up. You <laughs> fucked up. You just translated. You wrong. Uh, well, let's uh, let's. Let's not cut any of this out, Haley, but let's let's bleep everything that Lux said. Cool. Like every word. Sure. Okay. Um, well, uh, you know, 
I'm sorry. I apologize. And I've been held accountable. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're going to talk more about that stream and outside of uh, that in a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. Like, so so that's what happened for people who didn't know. Microsoft uh, bought all this stuff. I think it's funny. A few just observations before, like whether it's good or not. It's like really clear that Bobby Kotick, who's been in trouble for harassment and mismanagement, uh, really just like quickly finesse this deal and sold the whole thing out. <laughs> well, did you see that uh, he was initially trying to uh, get them to buy like Polygon or Kotaku um, mm-hmm. and like do it a PR, uh, a PR sort of rehab through that system um, by like, you know, bu- like buying a sympathetic news org and then making them like say that they're great. Um and awesome. uh, that didn't work because both those places were like, no, we like having editorial freedom and we think you suck. And so then they just got sold to Microsoft. I, it would be so funny if Polygon started being like, why Bobby's based? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so he's sort of getting away, you know, pretty much scot free out of this one. He's like, well, let's just fold it all up then. Everyone's so mad at me. I can turn this car around. Uh, and he did. Um, so there's that angle. I think it's also funny that for so long in the gaming industry, Lux, we've had this quote unquote rivalry between these two Titans in Sony and Xbox owned by Microsoft. Um, when it's very clear that Microsoft is so much bigger than Sony. Uh, and I feel like Xbox just like woke up one day and was just like, wait, we have Microsoft money. Why are we... why are you even fighting? Like they're like we we just spirit bomb them. Well, I think the thing is that Microsoft is like a bunch of different divisions, right? Like they have Microsoft Gaming, Microsoft like the the production, computer design stuff, non gaming software, office stuff, communication stuff, virtual reality stuff, blah 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 blah. Um, and so Bill Gates pedophile stuff, right? Little St James division. Um, there's a, that's and that's huge. That's a, that's like I I just applied there to be a a, a post production supervisor. Yeah, you got to edit uh, all those kids to look uh, six years older. Um, Sizzle reels. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, we could do an hour on that, and I don't want to. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, the power is within me, though. Oh, my, I instantly had like three bits as soon as you said sizzle reels, and I was like, I need to not talk about any of them. Um, but uh, what I'm saying is that like they have all these divisions, so I'm not sure if Microsoft's gaming wing was really like one to one swinging dicks with like Blizzard and Sony in that way. But you're right that there is always been the fact that like. Microsoft can just sort of like rally the forces um, to yeah, do that they shit. Have, they have fuck you money. So, yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was an interesting element. But now people are like, uh, is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? Because as we all know from our Blizz watches, Activision Blizzard had been in sort of like a, a tailspin. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are, Lux. But my immediate reaction is, well, the every normal anti-monopoly argument. Uh, but in addition, it's like, I, like just because Microsoft bought them doesn't mean they want to like go in and like have to like run everything. They like want to buy something that can like run itself. Right. So right. Well, that's I don't know plan. why Microsoft would like meaningfully um, change a lot of like the workplace issues at the company, but you never know. And then also, I mean, this just turns Game Pass into Netflix for games. Like, that's the big thing is like Game Pass is going to like be the big Netflix honcho with this. Just so many titles at this point. The fact that like instead of paying $15 for a WoW subscription, you'll pay $10 and get it through Game Pass is wild. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe the only way that WoW can hang with FF14. Um, this does like complicate that conversation a little bit, which will be interesting to track, I think. Um, but yeah, I think there's yeah, a I mean, especially if like WoW is free. Yeah. If new uh, WoW content's free and just on Game Pass, yeah, that, that would be probably a great way to keep people checking it out. Yeah, it's a bit interesting. But yeah, as far as this bigger picture you're talking about, there's like a couple ways I think this works, right? There's definitely like, Microsoft is very publicly betting on the metaverse VR shit to like pop off and to be at the front lines of that. 
So there's a non-zero chance that they do change a lot of what Blizzard does and sort of redirect Blizzard towards development in that direction. Um, and that will change a lot of like what Blizzard sort of day-to-day development work looks like. Um, it's also possible that they will just do that in-house and have Blizzard sort of be putting out their more like traditional video game stuff. Um, so they continue to have a flow of traditional video games, even while redirecting resources towards VR shit. Um, and it's also possible that like they just don't tweak shit at Blizzard at all. I mean, I think it's pretty likely that we're going to see a pretty big management turnover at Blizzard because that's what always happens in these situations. Um, the question is, are the new managers going to have like sort of the mandate to take Blizzard shit? They have all these properties people love that have like done poorly lately because they've put out bad versions of them. Um, people didn't love Diablo 3 that much. People hated Warcraft 3 Reforged. People hate like later WoW stuff. There has been there's no Starcraft three. Um, Overwatch two is a disaster. Overwatch is a disaster. But these are all IP names that people yeah. like Could make a billion dollars. Like if you put it out again. Yeah, exactly. Like if you put out a Diablo four, that's good. A yeah. bunch of people will buy It'll it. Take over games for like a month or two for sure. Yeah, a bunch Same of people- with Overwatch. Like it would. T- it would like everyone would check it out again. Yeah, because if enough people like you, because you're gonna get so. The, the way this kind of works, right, is that en- if enough people look at it, like play a game and start talking about it, it'll enter the sort of zeitgeist of conversation. That's inevitable. Basically, any Blizzard game. The problem they're running into is that it's entered the zeitgeist in a oh, this shit sucks way. Um, so it doesn't become a sweeping phenomenon. But if the games are actually good, they have that head start of every game they put out is going to get talked about. Um, and so if they start making good shit again, then I, that's one possible mandate that they're like, hey, fix Diablo, fix WoW, fix blah, 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 blah. And that's what they do. It's, again, also possible they're like, look, turn these resources towards VR stuff. We want VR Diablo. We want VR Warcraft, whatever. And then that's interesting, but a very different thing. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see kind of where, ha- like, what Microsoft does with this new tool. The other question, obviously, is like, in the context of this, like, Raven QA strike and the, the Blizzard strike, are they going to sort of, you know, replace management and also make efforts to remediate claims from the workers? Um, and I, at least I don't I have not seen anything yet that indicates one way or the other what that situation is going to look like. But I'm very curious about it. Um, obviously, both for, like because they'll be setting Microsoft like sets these kind of standards. Right. So if Microsoft does assent to the workers like basic sort of demands what they want from from the company. I think that actually, while obviously the monopolization is bad, that on its that small element of it can actually be very good in the sense that like people at Ubisoft or wherever can be like, look, Microsoft is doing this. You know? Um, they can set an industry standard for like payment hours, da 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 da. But they can set that in a bad way. They absolutely can, but that's already that's that's the status quo. Right. So the question is if they if they meet the workers' demands, such as those demands are, they'll set a positive standard. Um, I I just don't see any incentive for them. Oh, aside from the fact they want the strike to not happen. Yeah, I mean, like at the, when you own so much of the industry at that point, like does it even matter if like 500 employees quit? Like, uh, there's there's a bunch of people that are hungry to get in the industry. Like, you know, it's very easy. I mean, it's hard to replace really skilled, experienced people, but like. Video games are becoming such a hot cultural thing that, like, I feel like these companies would, as they go bigger and bigger, have even less incentive to care. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely part of it. Like, you know, there's a big degree of what's the way to put it. There's a large degree to which, like, monopolies make like reduce worker leverage. Um, but this is this is why this is such an interesting situation, right? Because they're buying a company whose workers are on strike, um, which to me indicates they have some plan to ameliorate that strike situation because I don't think you buy a toxic asset like Blizzard that already has like really shitty PR stuff happening and then fire all the striking workers and then expect like that you're not going to get like a pretty mondo backlash. Uh, and I don't think Microsoft wants that. Um, yeah. So I think there's reason to believe they might, you know, play this in, in a cool way. Obviously, there's a lot of reasons to believe that they won't. And who knows? But I'm very that, that's the part of this. I'm most curious to see how it plays out, honestly. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, a big a big shift in the industry. But I feel like a lot of the ripples of this we won't see for a long time. Um, 
and yeah, I just want to say that now that me, the Game Boys are part of the Bill Bill Gates Foundation, um, you know, there's a lot of good reasons why we haven't been sharing the the, the vaccine uh, with other countries. And now that I know the reason why, I can't tell you yeah, guys. We're not but allowed to share it, but it's a good reason. It, you have to trust. It us, makes a okay? lot of sense, uh, and it's not <laughs> fucked up. Not fucked up at all. I thought it was going to be fucked yeah, up. We, we all I was thought, walking we in all there. thought it was going to be fucked up. I was like, I was like, they, they were pulling back the curtains. I was like, this is about to get so fucked like up. It's going to be so fucked up. And they pull the curtain. What? It's not fucked up. It's crazy. <laughs> not fucked. No, normal. It makes yeah, sense. Regular and uh, normal. Shocking stuff. <laughs> so uh, that's Microsoft. Uh, but something else Titanic happened uh, in the gaming industry. They built a huge that's the, boat. We we built a huge boat. Yeah. And and sunk yep. it just on purpose this time. Just skipped the part we were happy about it, threw it right to the bottom of the ocean. Couldn't find anything big enough to crash into it, so just had to self sink it. Uh, you know, hmm. I got my left rib removed so I can start self sinking. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm talking about, of course, our stream that yes. we did, Lux. Um, we we went back on stream for a very rare co op gameplay experience where we played a game called Deep rock galactic shouts out to uh, jay and brian for joining us on that very fun stream yes jay and brian two very good boys two very good boys um, and let me tell you very good game very good game holy crap folks um a lot of thoughts about this game but uh you know this game is made and designed to really be like an online co-op experience. And you can tell that the developers just like committed super hard to making that interesting and fun. Yeah. And they really leaned, they leaned into two things that I thought were really great choices or three things. Uh, one is that uh, jobs suck. And the tone of the game is that you're doing this job at a company that does not give a shit about you. <laughs> And is like doing sort of like the the most they can to make you sort of like a compliant like guy. And there's this weird subtext of the game. It's not like a plot element or anything. But this is weird subtext where you're just like doing this horribly dangerous job and then you're treated like this weird little peon. And I think that's really fun and a fun way to like get your group on the same sort of side, just like by default, the tone. The second thing I really like. The, well, these dwarves are they're blue. They're, you know, they're blue collar dwarves. Yeah, they're blue collar dwarves. And that, that leads to the same thing that I like, the, which they lean really into like dwarf stuff. I also said, like, you know, this is like if if the people on the alien ship from Alien, like were good at their jobs. Yeah. You know, didn't just die from the first alien they well, met, fair, but like got to mining. To be fair, the alien, the alien wasn't their job. <laughs> <laughs> that was absolutely they 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 were supposed to be miners. It wasn't anyways. Um but yeah, that's the second thing is we we mine in the game. Yeah, well we're because we're dwarves. And the second thing that I was gonna get into is that it leans into dwarf stuff really hard. Like you have these big beers, you drink beer, you have like you all everyone sounds like this when they're going to mine some gold. Um uh -huh. and so I really like this, like it's not just that they're like sort of like lazily kind of painting dwarves into the sci-fi setting they're really hitting all the classic fantasy dwarf tropes like we're miners we're gruff we are bulky and big and goofy um and like love the underground stuff da, da, da. and i think that it really works at, it like really commits to that theme and then lastly it also commits to like the sense of camaraderie like the game's not designed for you to like play a level queue up, play a level queue up, play a level queue up. Like in between you go to this hub world where you can dance and get beers and play soccer and like interact with weird little objects and all that stuff. And so you really get to, I mean, I said this in the stream, but you like get to hang out with your friggin' boys. Like you get to go goof around together. And I think that adds a layer of connection and fun and sort of goofy whimsy to the tone and the experience that makes the actual levels feel really like, feel like I haven't played it. Obviously I've only played with my friends, but like you feel really connected to those characters in that group. And so the levels feel really good. I like my favorite moment from we played was like when you were holding down the escape pod while Brian and I went to go rescue Jay from a swarm of bugs and we had to grind mm -hmm. on these pipes, like get to Jay, rescue him and grind back. And that was so fun. And part of it was that we were like, we just can't leave it. Like no man left behind. Like we got to save him. Um, and that's like a really fun, like emergent narrative element of this game that I really like. A lot of, lot of, lot of narratives that can be crafted from the mistakes that you make once you're in the levels, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, 
having a hub world where you can hang with your boys like in Deep Rock Galactic is now the official new standard for online games to me. Like, why isn't there a hub world in Halo Infinite where you play the multiplayer matches and then you're all in a shared zone where you can run around, goof off, show off the armor you've earned, show off the weapons you've earned. Like, why? Like, how is that not here? Like, that is such a crucial part of hanging with your boys online now. And Deep Rock Galactic understands this like 100% and, and gives you so many fun things to do. I mean, we you, you the beer drinking that you mentioned, Lux, mm -hmm. is so funny because the beers have all these different random effects that like do different things. Yeah. And uh, some are purely cosmetic. So and then as you level up, you can get yeah. ones that like do specific game effect things. Like you can get more health or more damage and stuff. And it's all ish like that. And it's so fun. And like, I don't know, it just to me feels really like it feels like a game that really is way more about. It's way more about being a fun game with your friends than it is about like queuing up with strangers and like being an esport. Yeah, and there's so much love and, and care into that, and it's so this game is so like deeply needed. Um, so yeah, I think there's a, a lot of strengths with it. I mean, you know, the hub world has all these fun little mini games. When you when you all are in a group, you each have your own separate room, and it has your gamer tag on a sign above it. And you can each go into your own separate room. It, it just all these little details. There's so much love and care into this. I mean, it's, and then you get to the levels. Yeah, and the levels are awesome. It's it's definitely the closest I've I've had to like. The closest simulation is like couch co-op fun, I think, I've had with any of these from online group up games. And part of that is mm -hmm. also what we just talked about. And then part of that is also that the best way to play this game is with four people because there's four classes of dwarf and each dwarf does different things. So you got like your gunner, who's like the one who fights monsters. You've got your scout who like provides light and finds like the paths and figures out where stuff is. You've got your driller who like drills through holes, creates paths, finds stuff, moves you around. You've got your engineer who creates platforms and other stuff to help make everything easier for everyone else. And so the amount of teamwork and specification and like specific ways of playing within the, that setup, uh, it's just like so variant and fun. And you really do have to work together in a really specific set of ways. Yeah. And, and but I, the four player thing is super cool because all the powers are really necessary and allow for different problems and different solutions to like arise based on like who you're with or who you're standing near. Yeah, like we definitely. But I would also say that that's its biggest flaw. Yeah, I mean, in um, terms of ease of play. Because, well, no, I mean, in terms of. It's really difficult to play with just two people, I bet. Like, like the you need to have all those abilities, like to a certain extent. You could kind of do it without them, but. It's a very different game. Yeah, I think that's right. I think the the big that's the biggest problem is that it's hard to play. It's theoretically playable one to four players, but it's really only playable at four players because like some of the best shit was like, you know, Griffin was the scout and he would discover like, oh, there's some gold over here. So then our driller would drill a path towards that gold. I I was the engineer. I'd build a platform. Jay was the gunner. He'd shoot. Uh, fucking zip line. Griffin would ride the zip line up and, there. And, uh, oh, no, he would forget to use his zip line. Okay, wow, <laughs> we're just gonna do Jay Jay slander on the show. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow Jay the fuck up right now. Jay, you got to use your abilities more. Um, but like then, fine, we'd yell at Jay, and he would eventually use his zip line. Uh, that that thank and then you. Griffin would, like go up, get the gold, use his like rope shooter to swing across from another cliff and start scouting over there while the rest of us catch up, and like that's like a really fun dynamic sort of like thing because stuff would happen where like, Oh, uh, Griffin finds the gold and gets up there, but he needs a platform, but I'm getting sworn by monsters. So Jay has to come rescue from the monsters in order for me to like, because all the different parts are interrelated, there's like really big stakes, everything that's happening. Um, and that right. makes the game just so fun. It's so easy to both roast your friends for fucking up their skills, but also like depend on them for, to use them, depend on them to like do fun stuff. And that balance just makes the game so thrilling and exciting. Yeah, it's also a game that like requires constant communication. We started playing and like Lux like was not telling us where he was and would just be like see something shiny and like go off and check okay, it out. I, and then he'd be like really lost. Okay, hold on. Let's, and they're like, okay, we have to tell each other where we're let's going. Let's clarify the record. I always said where I was going. I just said it in vague ways and I was going to unhelpful places. I would be like, ooh, I found a cool <laughs> hole. I wonder what's down here. It's like what I would say. 
Um, but I did always, you know, right. get but it we, out there. My point is we learn to communicate. We learn to work together and to not get as lost as we used to. Uh, and, and that was super fun. There's also a variety of different mission types. Sometimes you're trying to acquire minerals. Other times you're like building it like an oil platform, which was like such a fun uh, mission because first you find the platform, then you find the geysers and you build pipes back to the platform. And then you defend the platform from way uh, just a lot of uh, fun variety there. So, yeah, uh, a great game. I think the two problems with this game, Lux, are that less than four players cannot be as fun. It feels like it needs four players, and four players can be hard to get together for a mm -hmm. game, especially a game that is, yes, free on PlayStation right now, so go get it on PS Plus, but it's $30 normally and i don't think this is helping the game because this game requires a like a large fan base it's like you need you can't just convince one person to, to buy the game you have to convince four people to buy the game for your game to fire on all cylinders so for me i think the price point isn't helping them i know it's a big game i feel like it deserves 30 dollars maybe once you love it but I do think that it is a barrier to its success. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's the victim of, um, of just like the marketplace, right? Like it's not a game that is designed to be huge in the way that Fortnite or PUBG or something is huge. Like it's not a game that's designed to be like an esport that you can watch other people play or whatever in that kind of way. Like it's definitely, but, the, but those games are free though. But, the ones you mentioned are right, free, but that right. But the reason they're able to be free is because they are designed to get huge and then they can make money in other ways. I just don't think this game is designed to be profitable in that way. So they need the upfront payment to like make it work. Like, like the fact yeah. that it's not built to queue up super rapidly and it's built to just hang out and have with your friends. That's sort of, that kind of vibe shit makes it more of a game that like is designed to be paid for in a traditional way, which does hurt the game because a lot of games that are similar to it in a lot of mechanical ways, but different in a lot of vibes ways are built to be free to play battle royale type shit. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. A hundred percent. And that's like, uh, and that's a, that's a tough beat for that game. Like I'm really glad it was free on PS plus cause it let us all play together and we can play it whenever. Um, but it does suck. That's, and I think it's worth $30, but it's hard to, it is not easy to sell that to four friends. Yeah, exactly. That's like a hard ask. You know, so that's tough. Um, I think there is ways to queue up with strangers. And I actually like bet the community is really awesome. I'm sure. And I pers personally have no problem like making strange friends online. But, you know, I think that is a barrier to some people. But hey, if you have PlayStation Plus, get this game and play this game. Like I can't describe how many times I would just was like, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's so many whoa moments, so much laughter. Um, these are the kind of games I want to see this year. Industry leaders. These are the things that I want. The surprises. Of course we know about the big titles already. I want these games, these gems. Uh, yeah. I want these games. Yeah. I love it. I'm loving it. Uh, okay, so that was that. We're going to talk about spoilers for Attack on Titan episode two of the final season part two after this commercial break. So spoilers be warned. And we're going to do this every week in the second half. Titans, it's time for Titans, big Titans coming through the walls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Kool-Aid man yeah, style. They just, they also, um, oh, yeah. And then a bunch of dudes with the ODM gear fly in and cut them in half. Um, Wow. That'd be awesome to do a, do a neck slice on the Kool-Aid man. Yeah, if you can find his name. If you can find his name. Exactly. That's why he's one of the altered ones, or what are they? What are they called? The weird ones that can run really fast. Um, yeah, the adapt the adapted titans or whatever. They're like deviant or something yeah, like something that. Weird. They're like all, yeah, something weird like that. The guys that look extra goofy. Um. All right. Well. So, what did you think? Wow. Uh, Attack on Titan episode two. Here we are. Uh, what did I think? What did I think? Well, I'm having a lot of fun, Lux, and it was another big Gabby episode. I've always loved Gabby. 
this was this this episode was huge for Gabby. And I think yeah. because it was huge for Gabby, it was also huge where we were talking about last week about where the show falls and like militarism broadly, whether it's like a a a universal sort of sort of disavowal or if it's like a situational quest question for the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this makes it very clear that it is sort of a universal disavowal of militarism in general. Yes. Um, is the moment that we're talking about, I think we can just jump to uh, is Gabby is trying to escape and she is escaping with uh, Falco's brother, Falco being the other Marlene who came with her and they're escaping. And meanwhile, Falco is trying and Niall is trying uh, one of the soldiers from Eldia is trying to sneak Falco out and gets and spots them following him and ends up bringing Falco to join up with Gabby, who the guy she's with, like, gets his gun out and is like about to well, shoot Niall and she stops him. And he's like, why well, did I, you stop me? And, you know, it's all, it, I, I mean, I think to set that scene up even a little bit more, it's like Niall isn't immediately trying to sneak Falco out. Niall and Falco are put together because they've drank in Titan blood right. and that they are both going to potentially be turned into Titans. And Niall says when they're alone that he, you know, all he ever wanted was to see his wife and his kids again. And he already feels like he's basically dead. Yeah. Um, and then as they're walking through the streets, Niall notices to the Gabby and instead Gabby. of alerting the rest of the army, he says he's going to take Falco and tie him up and leave him in a house down the street, lies to the rest, takes him, walks him down the street to Gabby, and then just gives him to Gabby. Right. And it's like, oh, my God, that walk. Wow. It was and, just like, oof. And the, the other key moment in there is that the guy Gabby's with, Falco's brother, gets his gun ready because yeah. he sees like the soldier coming and Gabby grabs his gun and pulls it back. And he's like, why did you protect the enemy? And then she has this whole like speech slash freak out about how like it's not their enemy like they're all just people yeah and i don't think you know gabby would have gotten anywhere near that decision like even like you know a couple episodes ago so that's that's all really interesting stuff yeah and it's it's funny because gabby is basically like us like i don't know like the kind of same parallel of like aaron's journey but she's just doing it like as a speed run um, yeah which is kind of funny yeah, well, she's definitely going on the similar trip of like learning about like the real contours of the world. Yeah. In the same way that Aaron does. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that that moment was really strong because that moment really and then and then the follow up conversation where like Falco tells him tells her that she that he's in love with her. And, and then everyone has like their whole moment really felt like the show being like, these are the emotional stakes. Like, it's not just this question of this big war, but it's that these kids are seeing that all of the violence is like meaningless and made up and in service of other people. And that it's actually stupid and bad and they shouldn't be doing it. And the show, I think Sasha's dad's speech being one of them, but I think there are other moments kind of gives us this key, this kind of lens, like lens to look at the show where the children, like the question is not about what the world looks like now it's entrenched in this militaristic framework. This is the way it's going to be. Um, but is there a way to let the children live without putting them in that place? Um, and so seeing these children learn these lessons, I think is a really clear statement from the show that like, yes, this shit is bad. And this is what these kids need to understand. It's good that they're starting to understand it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so yeah, all of that stuff I thought was really effective. I've always liked Gabby's character, and I thought that she's only gotten better episode by episode. I don't know why people were so annoyed with her. I do think that people have a hard time just with new cast members late into a show, and especially new cast members that get a lot of focus. I think that people are always frustrated and feel like they're not being given what they want, which is every scene is between Mikasa, Armin, and Aaron. I think there's that. Um Um, Which is kind of silly in a show this big. I also think that one thing about the show was that we were dealing with people in Abby's age area for the whole beginning of the show. And there's a certain liberation and fun and excitement to the sort of main characters aging out of that into like some like young adulthood um, in a real way. And I think there's some backlash to a centering like a young girl and also like the Marley and dynamic for people who like read this show like they're babies and they like don't want to like root for Marlings. They think they're stupid or whatever. And then on top of that, also we're backtracking the age range of the characters. Like we're going away from these like more mature, more nuanced characters who have a real view on things 
to this girl. But I think it's really important to do that because what they're showing us is that you can look at a lot of the same facts that Aaron and them looked at and come to this conclusion that's more peaceful and less violent uh, than theirs. And that there's that Aaron's conclusion is not the only one available, even given the same data. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I thought that that was really effective this episode. And then, of course, we just get more of that sweet, sweet action, baby. Uh, man, that part where... Aaron just literally rips Reiner's face off. That part's so crazy to me because it's like it. I I liked it, but it was kind of red. It kind of read funny to me because he's like clearly getting owned, and then he, the way he does it is like he like like he remember. It's like he remembered that he knew how to do that. He was like, "All right, I can just grab his teeth and just rip his face." Like oh, I forgot, I forgot that that was an option. Yeah. It's like the second that he got all all the other kind of like hardening and like the other shit, it's just like the armor doesn't even matter on the armored Titan. He just like rips it off. It's, it's like, what is the name of this Titan then? It shouldn't be armored. It should be like uh quarterback or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, it's, you know, it's armor. It's just, you know, not all armor is good or effective at all times. Yeah, yeah, his armor has been nerfed a lot. He used to be in the meta for like the early seasons, and now he's like a very low picked player. But um, that's a great. It's also great because the Beast Titan has arrived, which has changed the the flow of the battle, and he instantly just starts owning everyone from the top of the hill. Yeah the the way like the Beast Titan's power is throwing rocks with incredible force is so good. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's crazy. So he basically instantly just nukes all the blimps with a few rocks, uh, just just totally puts both uh, the, the claw Titan and uh, the armored Titan pretty much down for the count and is fighting peak. But then, oh, baby, Team Peak is big in this episode because she works with the commander to pretend to be dead and with her skeleton and then they're underneath it. But the gun is still on the skeleton and then just like wraps around. And man, he just blows that fucker away. Yeah, that shit's very <laughs> sick. Uh, I was screaming like when that happened, like. My roommate came out and was like, what are you watching? It's like you're watching a sports game. Because I was like, get his ass. Get his <laughs> yeah. ass. Like, I, I hate the Beast Titan so much. Like, I hate that guy. Yeah. I mean, Zeke sucks. <laughs> I hate Zeke. Like, for all the humanizing they've been able to do of both sides, like, they, they also agree that, no, some people are pieces of shit. Well, Zeke's like, <laughs> and Zeke is one Zeke's of them. Zeke's the worst guy because he has all the fucked up Marley nationalism just directed the wrong way. And he's like brought all these other people into his insane scheme. Um, and he's like a genocidal maniac. Like, he wants to kill everyone with Titan blood. Um, or at least, like, make he's them just not have totally babies. bonkers. Yeah, he's nuts. Yeah. Um, I guess the last he's, he, big thing we got to hit, because uh, I got to go pretty soon, is. Um, how did you feel about the scouts getting back in the mix? Emotional. Um, like watching the scouts, watching Jean and uh, Connie and Armin and Mikasa walk back up those stairs. Just like, I don't know. That scene was so powerful to me and emotional because it was basically silent. But you just felt the weight of everything these four have been through. And in a series where we've met so many people and so many people have died that like, these are the survivors that we're still with. I don't know. There was something really about that. That was like, wow, this is the last of yeah, them. I thought that resonated. I also thought it made me think of a thing the show is really good at, which is having people make determined choices despite having doubts. Um, that mm -hmm. all four of them both read as extremely determined to do the thing that they're trying to do and also extremely unsure if it's the right thing to do. Um, right. And I think that that's like a, a very real thing and be a very emotionally compelling and dramatically interesting thing. Cause it's like, like I said last time, I think eventually either they have to team up with Aaron against Zeke and Zeke and Aaron both die or Aaron ends up being fully Zekeified and they have to kill him, which I think is probably more likely, but we'll see. Um, yeah. but they haven't gotten to that choice yet. Um, but they're at this place where it seems like even they know that's a choice that they might have to make and they're worried about what that future looks like, but they're still like, for now we're doing the thing that we're doing. 
And I uh-huh. thought that was yeah. so compelling to me. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Um, that was really compelling. I agree. Um, and then just, yeah, final, final, final thought. Uh, <laughs> that, that Yelena face is scarred in my Dude, memory forever. New meme format, homie. New meme just dropped. Uh, when Yelena like looks at Armin, they have this like crazy face that she puts on where she's just like, I am staring through your soul. Uh, that is the, that is the second craziest person in the show. Like Yelena is going to be doing some crazy shit still by the end of this show. Yeah. I think Yelena is going to kill someone who we really like at some point, probably pretty soon. Yeah. Yelena is going to kill like Connie and then I'm going to like, yeah, I'm going to break down, but, uh, yeah, lots of exciting stuff. I'm really excited. It's really exciting how just in these very first two episodes, the flow of who's winning the battle has changed so many times. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just so fun to watch them place everyone on this map. And especially in a show where so many characters have been separated for the entire show, for every single part of the ensemble to all be in the same space, making choices is the show firing on all cylinders. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's extremely good. I'm really impressed. I'm really excited for the next episode. Um, and I'm really excited to wrap up this episode because I got to get back to doing some stuff. Um, yeah. This was a really good one. A uh, lot of fun. Uh, I'll talk about the trivia game I've been playing next week. So I'm sure I'll still be playing it. Um, yeah. So uh, that was it. Uh, if you want more of if you want more of Haley, who you probably do because she's the best, go look her up on YouTube and Instagram. Add every sound. If you want to find more of Griffin, he's tweeting and he's TikToking at Griffin P. Davis. And the man is streaming at twitch.tv slash Chumroom, which hopefully me and some other idiots will come on to do some more co-op stuff or on, on weekend. Yeah. Hopefully like on weekends and stuff, we can figure out a way to make that work. Uh, and then me, well, you can find me on Twitter at uh, tailboy. That's T-A-I-L underscore B-O-I. Uh, you can also find me streaming on twitch.tv slash pixel goblins, where Forrest and I are going to continue doing EDF until Omicron calms down and then get back to Shin Megami Tensei. Um, and all those links will be in the description. Yeah, and I'll make sure to hyperlink them this time, which I forgot to last week. Um, so you guys check that out. Thank you so much for watching. Rate and review, I guess, if you want. And we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye.